Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church gathered in love and service for justice and peace. It can feel nothing short of perilous to tell people what I do for a living. Think buzzkill. No matter how long we've been speaking, when the dreaded question arises, I can tout down and watch myself disappear before their very eyes some kind of boogeyman arising to take my place. Either they do the polite version of running screaming from the room, or they have an issue from their religious past or an opinion they'd like to share about capital R religion. Suddenly they are talking at me rather than to me. And perhaps the most common opener from people who stay to talk is, I'm spiritual, but not religious. How do you respond to that? I want to share some reflections with you today, which I'm hoping will inspire you to join me in claiming and celebrating an identity that is both spiritual and religious. Spiritual but not religious has become an acronym and a Facebook page, SBNR. The current backlash against SBNR includes commentary from several quarters. Baptist pastor DJ Williams wonders if your beliefs are taken from various religions that you glean from and combine based on what appeals to you. Doesn't the God you end up with inevitably looking a lot like, well, You? Jesuit priest James Martin agrees, accusing the SBNR of egotism. Being spiritual but not religious can lead to complacency and self-centeredness, he says, if it's just you and God in your room and a religious community makes no demands on you, why help the poor? SBNR is also known in some circles as Burger King spirituality. Have it your way. Lillian Daniel, the United Church of Christ minister, throws down the gauntlet, taking the prize for harsh. There is nothing challenging about having deep thoughts all by oneself, she writes. What is interesting is doing this work in community, where other people might call you on your stuff or, heaven forbid, disagree with you. Where life with God gets rich and provocative is when you dig deeply into a tradition that you did not invent all for yourself. And telling us how she really feels, brace yourself. Spiritual but not religious people are comfortably in the norm for self-centered American culture, right smack in the bland majority of people who find ancient religions dull but find themselves uniquely fascinating. Ouch. 
Reverend Lillian Daniel concludes, I want to spend my time talking to someone brave enough to encounter God in a real human community. Hmm. Spiritual versus religious is a topic worthy of debate in so many ways emblematic of questions about the soul of America. If we could, in fact, picture a debate raging over this issue, how would we stake our claim in it? Let's imagine ourselves at a spiritual versus religious debate, seated at the table of respondents. You raise your hand saying, I'll take that question. What do you say? First, definitions. In biblical language, religion is the wineskin and spirituality is the wine. Okay? Religion, wineskin, spirituality, the wine. Religion, container, spirituality, what's inside the container. Spiritual but not religious folks like the contents but not the container. So, change the container. You can have one without the other, but why would you? As Unitarian Universalists, we can choose both and. Unitarian Universalists pride ourselves on being both and people. Our faith combines the giant mind of Unitarianism with the big heart of Universalism. This faith tradition is a big tent. The word religion is derived from the Latin ligare. It means to bind or connect. Re-ligare. We gather to reconnect. We gather, as Reverend A. Powell Davies said, to grow our souls, not for ourselves alone, but for everyone, everywhere. Unitarian Universalism is founded on the profoundly radical covenant and affirmation of the inherent worth and dignity of every being and of the interdependent web of all existence. We really believe that there is no a way to throw anything or anyone. To that end, we share a mission Love, service, justice, peace. Gathered here, we're greater than the sum of our parts. At best, we create a feast. Love, the guest, arrives. And together, we celebrate the presence of the holy. Religion the container, spirituality, what's inside. Religion gets into trouble when the meaning in its rituals drains out. It gets into trouble when a caste is assigned to mediate between the people and the holy, rather than encouraging everyone to experience the holy for themselves. Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor writes, the reason so many of us cannot see the X that marks the spot is because we are standing on it. 
the last place most of us look is right under our feet in the everyday activities, accidents, and encounters of our lives. On Sunday mornings, we sing and speak and listen, both to music and words and in the stillness. Our spiritual practice is not comprised of empty rituals, but quite the opposite. We are constantly creating and recreating our spiritual lives to make them vibrant and vital, and in turn to make the world vibrant and vital. We give not just an hour a week to our souls, but every hour of every day is holy. All ground is holy ground. Unitarian Universalism bids us to seek together or alone, but never lonely. To seek and to find. To be spiritual and religious is both to wander and come home, called home to share what we have found with this beloved community of memory and hope. We are called to nourish our spiritual hunger in spiritual experience, in a deep and abiding sense of the sacred in every day, and in religious experience, gathered here as a community of seekers and pilgrims, devoted to paying attention, living on purpose, loving and serving, and waking up together. Two images come to mind, and they're very different from each other, but the stories behind them have been deeply instructive for me. One image is of a young man at the close of a meditation retreat, and the other is of a woman in a hospital bed. In his book, Awakening the Buddha Within, my friend and colleague Lama Suryadas writes, in 1984, at the conclusion of my first three-year retreat, our group had a joyous feast and celebration. Then our teacher took us down the road to visit an old man of the monastery, Lama Gendon Rinpoche, a lovely elderly retreat master who had spent most of his life meditating alone in the wilderness of Tibet. For three and a half years, our group of 22 had spent most of the time meditating indoors. We had not been farther than the courtyard of our cloistered monastery. Suddenly, the monastery doors were open and we walked down the road. Everything seemed so bright and vivid and colorful. In some ways, it was like coming out of a sensory deprivation tank. We went into Gendon Rinpoche's cell-like room and sat down in front of him, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Gendon Rinpoche reminded us that in our three-year experience, we had been purified. It had purified us, and we were now like new slates on which anything could be drawn or written. Watch yourselves, he said. Don't let your mind be sucked out of you by your senses. Don't lose your mind every time you smell, seek, or touch something. Maintain present awareness. 
rest centered in essential, natural mind and appreciate everything equally. Lama Suryadas says, as we practice our faith, it helps if we can imagine ourselves as children, scrubbed clean, open to new experiences, new choices, new actions. At every moment we are creating our future. What will it be? I hear Gendon Rinpoche instructing the young monks to remember their faith. The faith that it is possible to wake up and live bright and colorful and vivid lives. To remember their spiritual practice, the practice of being made new, creating and recreating their future. And to remember the community those that had upheld them in the presence of their gathering, container and contained. Again, to practice our spirituality in the context of community is to be both spiritual and religious. And about the woman in the hospital bed, it was actually the hospital bed next to mine. This was many years ago. Both of us had survived rather spectacular falls. I had shattered my arm and was fine, and her leg was badly broken and she was not fine. She was, in fact, moaning quietly despite the morphine drip. I spoke to her through the curtain that divided us and asked if I could do anything for her. She said, I just need to talk, Lord. I just need to tell my story. I said, tell me. And here's her story. The night before, her boyfriend had held her hostage in their bedroom. He had a huge knife. He'd nicked her once, but mostly she'd been trapped on one side of the bed while he paced the narrow strip of floor on the other side, ranting and raving in a jealous rage, threatening to kill her. This had gone on, she said, for hours. When the kitchen phone rang just outside the bedroom door, he turned to answer it temporarily distracted, and she made her move with a huge heave she forced the air conditioner out the second-story bedroom window and jumped out after it. The police were looking for her boyfriend. A plainclothes officer stood stationed at our hospital room door in case he showed up, and she was very afraid. I knew a prayer might help, but I thought given our different religious backgrounds, that singing a prayer might go better. And so I launched. I've been in the storm so long. Oh, give me a little time to pray. I didn't know much more than the chorus, but it didn't matter. I kept singing softly at first, and then she joined me, and we sang together. I didn't really know what else to do, and so I rolled us into Kumbaya. 
Her voice was a little ragged, but it grew stronger. And then we were really singing. And by the time we got to I Got Peace Like a River, she got up on one elbow and moved the curtain aside so she could see me. And she took the lead on the verses. And then she sang me some prayers I'd never heard. And I joined in on the choruses. And then when it got quiet again, I started Swing low, sweet chariot. But I got choked up. She kept going. And then, finally, amazing grace. And in the stillness that followed, was bound, but now I'm free. I asked my roommate, do you feel a little better? Do you want to call your pastor? And she said, I don't need a pastor. <laughs> now that we sung our prayers, I know I'm going to get through this thing. I felt less afraid the minute I started talking and singing. Just you worrying about me made the fear lie down, reminding me I'm not alone. That's all helps to be reminded, just like in church, even when we feel it, ain't none of us ever really alone. Confined to side-by-side -side hospital beds with an armed guard at the door, the curtain was opened. We shared both a spiritual experience and a religious experience. Beloved spiritual companions, may we choose to claim an identity that is both spiritual and religious. May we celebrate both the container this beloved community of memory and hope, and the contained, that which we're creating inside of it, love, service, justice, peace. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, may we open to new experiences at every moment, creating our future. Even when we feel it, ain't none of us ever really alone. You are my amazing grace.